Welcome to the Vine Church TC Community Podcast. This is Jamie Jones, your host, and I am so excited to share with you conversations with people right here in our very own community. I hope this brings us all closer together and reaffirms to each listener that you belong. My guest today is a woman that I met at our women's retreat back in November. And from the moment I met her, I wanted to know more about her story. So this was a really fun conversation for me to have. She shares her incredible faith journey that just blew me away. I mean, her story is amazing. And she shares, yeah, just encouraging stories of how God orchestrated timing in her life. She shares a miraculous story about her daughter that has sustained her through some of the darkest times in her life. And I thoroughly enjoyed this conversation. I'm sure you're going to be happy that you listened to it as well. So here is my conversation with Julie Ann Smith. Thank you so much for doing this. I really appreciate it. Oh, I'm happy to. I was really pumped up when you told me about this idea and I thought, Whoa, that's great, Jamie. So I've been waiting for it. Well, you know what? I remember you being very encouraging and positive. And so I was like, well, let's see if this lady's going to like, you know, put her money where her mouth is and actually be a guest. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. Are you kidding me? (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. So tell me a little bit about who you are and where you're from, where you grew up, your family of origin, that kind of thing. Okay, so my name is Julianne Smith. I am in my mid-50s. Whoa, (laughs) I can't even believe that. (laughs) I've got seven children. Um, I grew up, I was born in California, lived there for about 10 years, and then was um, moved to Oregon and lived in Gresham area um, until I got married. So my mom um, had me, was in a destructive marriage. She remarried, and then that guy adopted me. So he was my dad for all of my childhood. Um, That was not a good relationship. He was a physically abusive father. Hmm. So then I got married and been married for almost 35 years. Sadly, that's coming to an end. Mm -hmm. So that's part of my journey, a difficult one, but Mm -hmm. that's, that's the way things roll sometimes, you know, Mm -hmm. did I answer all your questions? Yes. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) Yeah. Seven children. Did I say I have seven children? Yeah, you did. That is a lot. It's a ton. And it's, there's a big spread. So when you see me at church, I usually only have one or two and those are my youngest. Uh, Mm -hmm. You may have seen some other ones as well, but um, I've got five boys and two girls. My two girls live in other States right now. And I've got five boys here. So there's a big spread. There's 19 years between them. So my youngest is 14. And then I guess you have to do your 33 is the other one. Something okay. like that. Wow. <laughs> that's amazing. That is, that's, yeah, I can't even imagine. So, and so the ones that are, the five that are here, are they, 
if the youngest is 14, are some of them still living at home or some out on their own or what? Well, the five, well, we're in separate homes now. So, and then coronavirus. So this yeah. is just a very, very weird time. So for the time being, um, because of my, uh, I have asthma. And so it puts me at a higher risk level. I decided I just want to stay put and I don't want the back and forth kind of thing going on because yeah. my boys are kind of active. So I've got the youngest here and um, the rest are at the other house. Okay. Um, yeah, it's just really weird. I'm hoping to have them all over. Uh, I just got this fire pit and I was thinking, and I've got, um, what do you call that? Croquet. So oh, I'm thinking of having fun. them all come over for croquet and maybe a dessert and do the fire pit, you know, outside and a little bit of distance, maybe not full <laughs> six feet away, but a little yeah. bit more comfortable um, way to, you know, be with my boys, you know, yeah, it's just so gosh. hard. I bet. Yeah. I bet. Well, yeah. the weather is getting so nice that that would be probably a great way to connect just being outside. Yeah. And it's a good activity you know? Yeah, for sure. So uh, tell me about your occupation too, because I know you're a cybersecurity project manager, but I don't really know what that means. <laughs> okay. So I work at MSA, uh, Mission Support Alliance. I uh, went to school late in life and got my degree a couple years ago at CBC. And so I'm in the cybersecurity department at MSA. They they cover the cybersecurity for all of Hanford, all of the Hanford contractors. Oh. And so they are keeping everybody safe. And it, pretty much anybody who's still working at any of, uh, for any of the contractors, if they're doing remote, we are making sure that they're safe. So what I do is uh, there are various projects that are going on. And i a project manager uh, for the cybersecurity projects. Um, wow. I also do other stuff. I'm working on risk management and um, researching that and trying to come up with policies and things like that. It, this is this is like a dream come true job, you know, because I don't have experience in this area. For for my boss to have uh, hired me was a surprise to me. But as he said, if I can handle all my kids and homeschooling and do some of the things that I do. Um, outside of, uh, you know, my blogging stuff, he said, I'm already doing project management. So it's just a matter of, of, you know, paralleling those skills and applying them in the job. So, and it, it really is true. That's the same organizational skills. It's the same kind of people skills. So mm -hmm. I, I do a lot of people, um, you know, a lot of communicating with people. I lead a lot of meetings yeah, that's a blast. Um, and knowing that I'm doing something really important in securing, making sure everybody's secure, the data is secure, people are staying safe. So yeah. that's all good. That is, that's awesome. And I imagine that a lot of those skills are transferable, the ones that you, you know, honed with seven children now, <laughs> raising Absolutely. them Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so you have been in the Tri-Cities for about nine years, right? Right. Uh -huh. And uh, when, how and when did you connect with Divine Church? So we were at a church from pretty much the beginning of when we moved here. And there was a really sad situation happened where the pastor was fired. And 
I, I'm very close to that situation and I knew what was going on and it was not appropriate what happened. Hmm. Also going through a divorce, I, um, I needed something new. And also Hmm. I came from fundamentalism and really strict legalism. Mm -hmm. And so I, I didn't want to have to deal with that. I I had grown beyond there and realized that this is not what I believe God has called us to do is to be bound up in rules and laws Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm. you know, different things that really don't matter to me. The commandment is to love Mm -hmm. and love is freeing. Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. It doesn't mean that you get to do bad things, but when you are truly loving, you are doing good things for people. You are helping them. You are, um, you're sacrificing for them. Mm -hmm. So anyway, that's, I, I was looking online. I actually did a Google search and I was just, by the process of elimination, I, I weeded out people. And then the last thing that I saw, I saw the fine and then I saw their outreach um, ministry, you know, helping community efforts and, you know, like the food banks and, and different things like that. And I, I thought that is, that's called love in action. I want to be mm-hmm. a part of that. And then just as I was about to click the little X at the top, I saw that it's an egalitarian church and they elevate women. And that's something that was missing in my other churches. Women took a seat behind men, (laughs) almost literally, and were really marginalized. And Mm -hmm. I I was done with that. So that's what brought me to the vine. That's awesome. You found, found us online. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And that was about a year and a half ago, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. I think so. Awesome. Well, I'm so glad you're at the Vine and that I got to meet you. And now I get to get to know you better. So uh, what are some of your interests and hobbies? Well, I sing. I love to sing. I've sung with the Mid-Columbia Master Singers. Um, I play the piano. I used to be choir mom or accompanist at um, Richland High School, or sometimes I helped at Hanford High, and I used to help in uh, Beaverton at Aloha for several okay. years. That's That was a blast. Um, I love working with students and making them sound beautiful, because a lot of times students don't realize the gift that they have but I can, I can hear. <laughs> I've been in choirs my whole life. I know what's good. And so I, I just kind of have a way of uh, kicking them in the rear end and, and encouraging them lovingly and helping them to see the talent that they've been given. So okay, that's a wait. blast. Does this mean you're a teacher, a piano teacher? No. <laughs> oh, sh- shoot. I was hoping you were. <laughs> I have someone who wants to learn the piano. I need to find a good teacher. I suppose if I lost my job, I could, you know, default to that, but no, (laughs) not right now. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been singing for a little bit. I, I like to knit. I like to cook really good food, food, you know, with boys, it's all about food and Uh that's, that's what brings them home. (laughs) Yeah. I like to cook 
good food as long as my kitchen is clean. So, yeah. you know, get that kitchen clean and tidy, make sure the counters are all you know, nicely clean and then let's have at it. <laughs> yeah. Then let's make a big mess, but then make yeah. sure we clean up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and, uh, what are you passionate about, Julianne? Oh boy. I can go for a long time on this one. Can't I? <laughs> <laughs> I it had a really, I, for some reason, you know, it kind of matches my height. You know, I, I do things in a big way. Some people can't, you know, you people can't see me right now, but I'm almost six four, <laughs> and I do things in a really big way. And um, a lot of my issues, it's like God has to use big obstacles or big events in my life to kind of say, "Yo, <laughs> listen here." But I actually, my family was in a cult. Mm -hmm. And we, of course, you don't walk into a church saying, I want to be a part of this cult. No. <laughs> um, it, what happens is you slowly realize over time that this is not healthy and it's not, uh, in fact, it's abusive. Mm. So um, long story short, after I saw the destruction and several years out of the cult, I left a negative Google review. Uh, about this church on the, on the, um, yeah, on, on the church Google review. Uh -huh. And I was sued along with four others for $500,000 in a defamation lawsuit. Oh my God. Um, yeah. You know, my house wasn't even worth that much. So it was kind of scary to think about. Um, I found a fantastic attorney. We won the case, which is great. The thing is, is I started the blog at the same time because I didn't want him to shut me down. Mm -hmm. And I knew that I had a right to tell my story. So mm -hmm. I continued telling my story, but my story did go viral and had 17,000 people on one day, 16,000 another. I mean, it went wow. all over the world. Um, you can look me up. Yeah. <laughs> and there I am. Uh -huh. So anyway... The blog is still going. It's called Spiritual Sounding Board. And it's a safe place for people to talk about harm that they've experienced in the church. Or sometimes I expose harmful teachings mm -hmm. or pastors who've done harm. Mm -hmm. But it's a safe place for people to just share about their experiences. I discovered after my story went viral that there were so many people who had bad church experiences. In fact, I believe that, uh, well, let me back up. I spoke at an atheist, what do you call it? A free thinker meeting in uh, Tri-Cities. Mm -hmm. And everybody who came up to talk to me afterwards said they became an atheist after their really bad church experience. Hmm. So. I know it's real and it's very, very harmful because spirituality is something that's so deep and personal mm -hmm. and some people never get over it and will never walk into church again after their bad experience. So I'm very passionate about the marginalized, the, the, what, those have been hurt. Uh, mm -hmm. I, I spoke earlier about egalitarianism and women in the church have been harmed greatly. Mm -hmm. um, so I speak out about those things. I like to show women their worth and their mm -hmm. value in Christ and uh, lift them up and uh, say that they, 
tell them they don't have to put up with this kind of treatment. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's my passion. Oh, I love it. It's awesome. Yes. So within that passion, there's a little bit of your story, a little bit. And I would just like if you could share maybe an overview of kind of your faith journey. Where have you been and and where are you now? Yeah, my faith journey. I I um I went Catholic and then Baptist and then Catholic and just a mixed bag throughout my childhood. It, I guess when I was in high school, I really found Christ at a uh, non-denominational church and was really involved there. But at the same time, I was also doing music at the Catholic church. So I was double dipping. <laughs> <laughs> and then we got married and had a lot of babies. Uh-huh. <laughs> we got involved in different kinds of churches and slowly we started veering towards a more legalistic type mm-hmm. of church. Mm-hmm. And it was a slow process and, and I didn't even realize the, what was happening. You know, when you're a mom and you're caring for little ones, sometimes things like that just go on the back burner, you know, and yeah. that's kind of what happened. And, you know, one thing after the other, and then I realized, okay, we're in this cult, but, you know, during that cult experience, that really spiritually abusive experience, it left me very, very confused. Um, there was so much talk about repenting and mm-hmm. just beating people down where you're questioning your salvation week after week after week. Mm-hmm. And I was just in mass chaos, you know, you know, you know, constantly feeling guilty, but yet I'd read verses that say who we are in Christ, and it didn't make sense to me. Mm-hmm. But the spiritual abuse part really was a difficult process because, as I would hear my former pastor, aka cult leader, um, as I was reading scripture, I would hear his voice coming through. <laughs> And it was like, mm-hmm. I, I can't even deal with that verse anymore because it just reminds me of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't deal with the new King James version anymore because that's was his favorite. And to hear it in that translation it just brings back a lot of memories. Mm-hmm. Um, going to church was sometimes difficult. So I've had to do a, a safe re-entry into what I call true Christianity. And what that is for me is God's love, his grace, his compassion, being with the body of Christ in healthy ways, encouraging each other, lifting each other up. So, yeah, it's been quite a journey and a learning experience, but I think it's deeper. It's more genuine. It's definitely more of my own. It doesn't, Mm -hmm. my faith is my own. It doesn't belong to anybody else. It doesn't belong to my pastor. It doesn't belong to my husband. It doesn't belong to my children. It's, it's mine. And I think God speaks to us personally and individually. So, yeah. Yeah. 
Wow. What a journey you have been on and been through. And yeah. yeah. That's just, that's an incredible story. And it's so encouraging. Um, it's encouraging because, because Jesus is still the same. And, yes. you know, he, people can misinterpret and misalign and all that, but he still stands strong. And, and if you're seeking truth and freedom and love, then I think that you're going to find him, right? You're going to find him even through all of that coming out of that. Exactly. And I think sometimes we see Christ or God through somebody else's lens. And we need to remove that, the lenses and, and see God clearly and go directly to him. There's nobody in between God and us. Mm-hmm. Um, he is available to us. I mean, us. <laughs> right. Not, yeah, directly. <laughs> we, we don't have to, you know, pass the baton to anybody. Uh-huh. It's we don't need, and we don't need permission. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So I think that's what I was caught up in un- unknowingly. Mm-hmm. was I was viewing God through somebody else's lens yeah. and calling it the right way. Right. <laughs> it didn't work really well. Yeah. It didn't yeah. work really well. It wasn't mine. Yeah. And I think God speaks to each of us uniquely. Mm-hmm. During the time when I was being sued, it, it was very stressful, but God in his unique way, knowing that I'm a musician, orchestrated, you like that word? <laughs> he, orchest- he orchestrated events in my life so that it only made sense to me. Mm-hmm. For example, my attorney was in Portland and my daughter was on a club volleyball team. and so. I needed to go meet with the attorney to see if I, if she would take my case. And um, I contacted her and she says, well, I don't know if we can do it. My son is coming from Japan and I just don't have a lot of time, but I do have this, you know, one time slot. Maybe we can do it. And she's talking to me on the, as I'm driving to Portland and I'm thinking there is just no way because it's a tournament. I have to be there with my daughter. I had things lined up and I did not have any time, but yet God made it happen so that the only hour I had available was the same hour that she had available. And, you know, you think of all those three days that we had there and only one hour available, and th- and I got it. Yeah, really. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, that, that's kind of like a that's a God thing. And I've had a number of things like that that have happened that were so timely. And for a musician, everything is about timing. Mm-hmm. You you play an intro, then the soloist has to come in on time. Yeah, when you're in a choir, you have to sing on time. Yeah. And so that was really a sweet, sweet way for God to relate with me in something that is so precious to me on time. 
And that may not be a way that God will connect with somebody else because timing isn't, may not be as important to somebody else, but it is to me. Yeah. And he's so personal. That's the thing. That is the thing. Exactly. Yeah. And I just think that's so cool. I've got so many stories like that. And um, so that's, that's just really precious to me. Yes. Well, thank you. That was a perfect story that, that kind of, um, that's, that's what I was going to ask was a story where you knew that God is real. Uh, let me tell um, do you, you have another one. You, oh, I please. do. I, of course. My husband was in the Navy and we were stationed in the Philippines and we had just gone through an, like a 7.8 earthquake. And it was really, it really messed me up emotionally. It, it was so destructive. About three weeks later, and this is, we're still feeling six point aftershocks. Okay. Six people. Six point aftershock? About, that's just an aftershock? Yes. I'm, that's what I'm saying. It was crazy. It was crazy. When you have that big of an earthquake, the aftershocks are just huge. So anyway, um, we decided to get away at this little remote place and we had to drive five or five hours, but it took a lot longer because the earthquake had destroyed uh, or damaged the roads and, um, and whatnot. So anyway, we're there and we're, I'm trying to get emotionally settled because I'm, my life is so unsettled right now after that earthquake. And I had, I also had an infant. So, you know, maybe Mm -hmm. there was postpartum depression. I don't know. Mm -hmm. But to make a long story short, we were at the ocean and we, we were down at the beach and we had to climb down two flights of stairs. There were steep stairs. And so we were headed back up. And for some reason, I allowed my daughter to go ahead of me without holding her hands. And she was three and a half. No, wait, I, I guess she went behind me. I'm sorry. I think I was worried about my hips. My hips were in bad shape after giving birth to a big baby. So I'm walking up the steep stairs, um, trying to maneuver myself on these, uh, these really steep stairs. Mm-hmm. And I hear a noise and I turn behind me and my daughter's not there. She fell off the uh, first flight of stairs. And I obviously she made a straight drop. Oh uh, because it, you, you would have, I would have heard her if she tumbled down the stairs, Yeah, but she did a straight drop and I, I had to run down the stairs and I saw her laying on the cement. So that means that she fell a straight drop onto cement and it was about 25 feet. Um, oh my gosh. I know. And uh, all the way down, I'm thinking, okay, God, <laughs> this is either going to be paralyzed or dead. I mean, I, oh I couldn't gosh. see, I couldn't see any other option. And then in my mind, I it just flashed that, you know what, we had given Hannah to God that, you know, she, she belongs to him. Mm-hmm. Um, he, I finally said, I, I'm going to have to just go and see and, and deal with the reality of what I'm going to see. And when I saw her, her eyes were closed. She's flat on her back and she wanted to get up. <laughs> like what? Um, I'll make it really short. She was fine. She was fine. Um, 
I took her, a, a, a um, what do you call it? A medic came by and evaluated her and said she was fine. They told me not to let her, just you know, don't let her sleep. Um, when we got back to the base, I still went to the ER because I couldn't believe she was fine. And I said, uh-huh. please check her over again. I think I even went one more time the ne- during the next week to the pediatrician and said, can you just, I mean, please <laughs> just wow. make sure. And she only had a place, a scrape on her um, belly and on her wrist. And I think that's where she was going over. She's probably on the edge. Oh my um, goodness. But that story is what saved me through some of my darkest hours because with, within a few, within two weeks after that experience, my husband was sent to the Persian Gulf for the, for the war. Uh-huh. Um, I went through a lot of stuff. Uh, I went through major depression, but I had to keep going back to that story. If God is re- God is real, He saved Hannah's life. I need to stand on something powerful and strong. And it's like God needed to give me something powerful and big that I could hang on to to be able to survive these tumultuous um, experiences that I've had. Yeah. So that's one that I've had that I've, I've hung on to. It's given me, um, it, it's kind of like the handrails of support, you know? Yeah. Um, wow. So what a beautiful story and incredible miracle. Yeah. Yeah, it really was. I'm just like sitting here with my mouth open, like, wow, that is, that's amazing. Oh, oh, I'm so glad Probably she sounds was- like I made it up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it, it, yeah. I mean, uh, you would never expect her to be fine after a fall like that. I know. I know. It's just amazing. Wow. Yes. God <sighs> is real. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> I guess I need big things. <laughs> <laughs> That's, well, he knows that. <laughs> he knows that. So, wow. Thank you for sharing that story too. And, oh, um, what is one question you have for God? Back in the day, it would have been, why does he allow these difficult circumstances? Why did I have to be in a, a destructive marriage? Why did I have to be living in a home with an abusive father? I don't say that anymore. Mm-hmm. That's part of my journey. and. It's all a part of me. It's, it's, it's my resurrection story. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those, those were difficult times, but those were the best times. It's, it was the refining times that just made me who I am today. Mm-hmm. So now if I were to ask God a question, I don't know. I might say, whatever happened to that lost earring? Or I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't really have. I don't know if I, I have something really profound there. Yeah, that's, that's okay. You know, if yeah. he, he knows where that earring is. So one day. I know. <laughs> there, are, there are some things like this that I, I it's like, okay, when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask God that because yeah. it's true. <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Okay. So we're going to wrap this up and I have four questions. I'm going to ask you just one right after the other. 
All right. So the first one is what is something good that's come out of this crazy quarantine time for you? It has forced me to be intentional about the relationships that are important to me. So for example, I have set a date with my, all of my children, um, a regular date to meet on zoom. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's really important and really good. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Next question is what is your go-to order from your favorite restaurant in the Tri-Cities? Well, I'm on, I'm on a keto now, so it makes life a little bit more challenging, but I, I was, um, I think I would order a salad. There's like this kind of like a Greek salad at Frosty Sweet. It's something with Calmetto, Kalamata olives. I can't remember how you say that. Um, oh, I love Greek salad. I have never had the Greek salad. I'm going to have to try that. It may not be a Greek salad per se, but I know it has those types of ingredients. But those, you know, you can't go wrong with that. Oh, sounds amazing. Mm. Okay. And what's the title of the last book that you read? The Body Keeps the Score by Bessel van der Kolk. And that's about how our body processes trauma. And, and it shows the correlation of a lot of um, chronic health issues with trauma that we've experienced in our lives. It's a fantastic book. Wow. I bet that's fascinating. It is. It's very fascinating. Huh. Okay. And this is the last one. What is one thing that's bringing you joy right now? I am in a safe place right now and I have my own, my own home. I'm making it my own. I'm really enjoying that. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's all the questions I have for you for this time. So thank you again so much. I'm going to. Thank you, Jamie. It was great. Oh, wasn't that an amazing conversation? What an incredible woman and what a story. I feel like I could have talked to her for hours and hours. I really enjoyed that conversation. I hope you did too. I feel really encouraged and thankful for her transparency. I think she's doing a lot of good things. You can go check out her blog, Spiritual Sounding Board, if you want to learn a little bit more about that. And... That was my conversation with the amazing, brilliant, lovely Julie Ann Smith. I hope you enjoyed listening to this conversation. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss any of these stories that help us connect with each other right here in the Tri-Cities.